Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Thursday, May the 18th, and our top story today is that investigations are underway into two stabbings in Gillingham. A man's been taken to hospital after emergency crews were called to Third Avenue late last night. Before then, there were reports of a stabbing at a shop on Byron Road, while reporter Alex Langridge has been in the town today. We have been at the scene of two stabbings in Gillingham this morning. The first is said to have happened last night at around 8pm in Shakespeare Mini Mart on the corner of Shakespeare Road and Byron Road. The owner of the shop told Kent Online that a man was seen running inside shouting for help saying another person had a knife. The owner said that a staff member helped to keep the door shut but the suspects did eventually enter the premises where a man was then stabbed. He said that there was a lot of blood all on the floor and up the door but police did arrive alongside paramedics. The shop is now open today and there is no sign of police presence this morning. Residents say that they saw blue lights at around 8pm um, and saw multiple officers coming in and out of the shop. The second stabbing um, saw a man be taken to hospital last night in Third Avenue. We were at the scene this morning where the road was still cornered off at around 10am and police officers were seen searching nearby bins and along the road. Residents say they were woken up in the early hours of the morning as the air ambulance landed in the park behind. The road was shut off immediately and was still shut today. Residents also say that they saw police last night looking for what seemed to be a knife in the nearby area. Forensics were also at the scene this morning taking pictures of items in the road. Thanks to Alex for that report. Police want to hear from anyone who saw the attacks. You can call them directly or go via Crime Stoppers. Just a reminder, a third knife attack happened in the same area earlier this week. A teenager was stabbed and robbed near Medway Park Sports Centre on Monday. Kent Online News. After dozens of sewage spills at beaches in Kent, water companies are investing £10 billion to help tackle the problem. They've apologised for not acting quickly enough as figures show more than 300,000 waste releases across the country last year. Well, the industry bodies announced plans for the biggest modernisation of sewers in more than 100 years. Stuart Colville is from Water UK. So what we're saying today uh, as the uh, water and sewage companies of England is that we're sorry. Um, We understand why people are upset uh, and we should have given the sewage spills much more attention and and acted faster. Um, Now, we want to put that right, which is why we're not just apologising today for not acting fast enough, but we're also saying that this summer we'll be publishing a plan that will outline um, our proposals for dealing with uh, each of the 15,000 overflows that uh, exist across England. Uh, We're also saying we're ready to back that plan with an unprecedented level of investment, 10 billion pounds, which is about triple what we're currently spending on the problem. We've really heard the public who are just fed up of these things. And to be honest, they are horrible. They're relics of a Victorian past installed at a time uh, before we modernized our approach to how we build sewage infrastructure. So the 10 billion pounds that we want to spend, that we're ready to spend on this problem, uh, will cut spills by about 140,000 over the course of this decade. So a real difference in Um, people's ability to enjoy rivers and water bodies um, and we're trying to recognise the concern and uh, importance that the public place on the issue. We're also committing to improve accountability. We recognise that trust has been damaged, that people want to see us making progress. So we're going to be launching a new national uh, website which will allow anyone to go in and see exactly what's happening in the operation of these overflows. And then finally, we'll also be supporting communities who want to 
protect their local areas for swimming and recreation and canoeing and other things. So we're going to be helping local communities uh, with things like the cost of uh, testing and making applications to protect their local river for the purpose of, of swimming. It's an absolutely enormous transformation of our sewage network. In many cases, you know, these pipes go back 100 plus years. We're saying we need to get on and modernize these things. So there are hundreds of thousands of miles of sewer right across uh, England, and we're determined to modernize them as fast as we possibly can. So the 10 billion pounds that we are saying we're ready to spend today, that's going to make a huge difference. We're going to be building um, things like storm tanks, the size of uh, you know, thousands of storm tanks, the size of Olympic swimming pools. We're going to be uh, upgrading you know, hundreds of sewage works. It's an enormous program, but we recognize the need for it. It's in response to the very genuine and, and legitimate concern that the public have. Uh, and we're determined to get on with it as fast as we can. Back in 2021, you may remember that Southern Water, which serves Kent, was fined a record £90 million for dumping 21 billion litres of raw sewage into protected waters. Well, their CEO has released a statement today. Lawrence Gosden says he's supportive of the announcement, but apologises action was not taken sooner on sewage spills in the southeast. He goes on to say how they're already working to reduce the number of storm overflows and redesign designing the Victorian sewer system. A disqualified driver who drove at speeds of more than 130 miles per hour and rammed a police car on the M20 has been jailed. Kay McLeod was also found with a loaded handgun and drugs after the high-speed chase which started on the M25 in 2021. The 32-year-old from Wandsworth Avenue in Derby has been jailed for more than seven years after other offences were also taken into account. A Medway head teacher says they're devastated after a school where a mass brawl broke out in a classroom was rated inadequate. Inspectors visited in February and their report that's just out says too many staff and pupils at Walderslade Girls feel unsafe. Well, we're told tough measures are being brought in to get things back on track, including restricting phone use and supervising toilet breaks. Kent Online reports. Just a year after a multi-million pound leisure centre opened in North Kent, there have been complaints about poor hygiene and rotten toilets. £20 million was spent on White Oak in Swanley but some customers say they won't be going back after noticing hair in drains and stained walls. Well, In fact, you can see pictures within the story today on the website. Managers have told the podcast they're aware of the concerns and have adjusted their cleaning process to improve the customer experience. The Conservatives have retained control of Tunbridge and Morling Council despite losing seats at the local election earlier this month. Matt Borton has kept his position as leader thanks to the casting vote of the newly elected Tory mayor. He says he wants to go forward with the trust, goodwill and understanding of all political groups. A Kent homelessness charity has welcomed news so-called no-fault evictions are set to be banned. New laws being put forward would also prevent people being barred from renting if they're on benefits, keep a pet or have children. But there are still calls for the notice period for evictions to be extended from two to four months. Well, I've been speaking to Chris Thomas, who's from Canterbury-based Porchlight. I mean, we're really glad to see this renters reform bill finally hit Parliament. Um, it's been a really long time coming. It will be no surprise to listeners that, that we're in the middle of a, a rental crisis. And Porchlight hears from lots of people who who are facing eviction, who, who are being forced out of their homes. Um, so we are glad that this is finally being addressed, obviously, we're now waiting to see the, the the details of what's being proposed to make sure that it does, in fact, 
protect people who who need these protections. We're also hearing as well that landlords won't be able to put a blanket ban on on not taking in people, say, who are on benefits or who have children or um, pets, for example. I mean, that must be quite welcome news for you as well. Yeah, we're really pleased to hear this. It's it's a massive issue that affects a lot of people. Um, ultimately, everyone deserves the right to a safe and secure home. But a lot of people, you know, who, who are, need benefits to keep a roof over their head, for example, um facing these horrible barriers so the idea that some of these could be removed um it, it could it could affect a big change as you say we still need to look into the finer detail but some are already raising concerns that even though no fault evictions will be banned if landlords do give notice for a specific reason it still only has to be two months and they want that at least doubled what would you say about that yeah we totally agree people need more time especially in the world that we live in now, the price of renting somewhere is so high that, that when people are evicted, that's one of the challenges they face, that they're trying to find somewhere that they can afford. And that's really difficult. So so the more time people are given and anything else the government can do to help them in this situation is absolutely welcomed, absolutely needed. Do you think this will go some way to helping the housing crisis that we've got at the moment? I know we've spoken in the past and you're seeing an increasing number of people needing your support. It's a step in the right direction. There's a lot of positive things in the bill, but we have to remember that the rents are just too high for a lot of people to to pay. Benefits aren't really covering the cost of the basic cost of living for a lot of people. Um, and we have a shortage of, of, of housing that people can afford to buy. Kent Online reports. Tributes are being paid to a Kent mum who we're told always put animals first after she died from cancer. Lisa Jane from Folkestone cared for and rehomed hundreds of hedgehogs across the county and was the go-to person for rescuing wildlife. She was diagnosed three years ago. You can find details of a fundraiser launched in her name at Kent Online. One person's been taken to hospital following a crash which left a car and tractor in a ditch near Ashford. The collision happened at the end of Bank Road in Mersham on Tuesday. The 4x4 was badly damaged and the tractor flipped on its side. A duck that had regularly been spotted hanging out near a Canterbury supermarket has died after being hit by a car. The female bird was known to many shoppers at Sainsbury's on Kingsmead Road. It is actually an offence to deliberately kill or injure any wild bird, but that can be hard to prove. The RSPCA say they want to hear from anyone who saw what happened. Now, bosses of a mental health cafe in Kent say they've been delighted by the public response to their reopening. The Revival Cafe in Whitstable was forced to close two years ago, but after a community campaign to find it a new home, it's now trading again as Revival Food and Mood. Speaking to Dan Bishner as part of Mental Health Awareness Week, Executive Director Deborah Haylett says it's encouraging to see people just dropping in to have a look. Lots of people have lots of awareness weeks and for us, every week is Mental Health Awareness Week. That, that's, that's our bag, that's what we do, so we're constantly talking about it. But it's it's taking part in that national campaign to hopefully encourage more people to have mental health conversations, to talk about their mental health. So obviously we're running all of our usual groups. We'll have our Chatty Tuesday groups, which is about encouraging all sorts of conversations and, and all our other wellness um, uh, groups that we have running throughout the week. Uh, East Kent Mind and a lot of the other local Kent Minds are running an awareness campaign that's called Wear It Blue, 
where they want everybody to wear blue throughout the week. And that will be a conversation starter. And some of our staff will also be doing that as well. So it's, well, why are you all wearing blue? And then it's that conversation. We're wearing blue to raise awareness about mental health. We're, we want people to have those conversations. We want people to know what's what's actually happening. Um, and one of the things I really want to get finished in Revival that I just haven't had a chance to finish everything is we've got a, a blossoming community tree and it's part of our social prescribing role. So um, instead of giving going to the GP and getting a, a medication prescription, it's you get a prescription that will connect you into something in the community that might help lift your well-being. Um, and we want to really have that as a focus for Mental Health Awareness Week. And it's a tree that we've drawn and we've got um, lovely blossoms on it. And each branch is, has a different element of things that might you might be interested in to, to raise your, your, your well-being. So we've got social groups, holistic therapists, volunteer opportunities, youth groups, and also mental health um, uh, helplines as well. So we will be really focusing on our tree to make people aware of what is around and what's about, because it's... It's quite interesting that you you tend to assume people know mm. what support might be available, even national helplines. But lo lots and lots of people are just not aware. So it's getting that out in an accessible way in a cafe, in a beautiful tree, hopefully, that um yeah they can see it in a non-threatening way. They can just take a photograph of different elements of it and get the information that they need from that. So that's going to be our sort of focus, is trying to make people aware of what is available locally to them and what we do locally. Well, the Cafe and Wellbeing Hub reopened at the end of April after an enormous fundraising effort, which was even supported by madness singer Suggs. Kent Online News. A business owner in Stroud has launched a petition to transform a couple of empty units on the high street into an indoor marketplace. Tanvi Paul from George Beauty Salon and Pineapple Hair Studio has taken inspiration from Gravesend's Borough Markets and the Goods Shed of Canterbury as a link to a petition within the story today. Day. The cost of living crisis has caused another Kemp restaurant to close this time in Folkestone. Bosses of the site in the creative quarter took to social media to announce they've been forced to permanently shut their doors. They say they've also suffered a loss in the family, which has contributed to the decision. Meantime, this is one of our most read stories on the website. A pub near Canterbury has closed less than four months after being named in the Michelin Guide. The Grade 2 listed Rose Inn at Wickham Brew has been put on the market. A dad who set up a football club in a deprived part of Gravesend has been nominated for a local hero award. Punjab United started out 20 years ago as a group of friends playing in a Sunday league and has now evolved into a semi-professional side where they also have children's teams and have transformed the elite venue in King's Farm to benefit the whole community. Chippy Cyan is the club's chairman. Where we're based is, um, it was, it was, it's quite a dep uh, deprived area where we're from uh, Gravesend, where, that, where we're based, um, elite, uh, elite venue King's Farm. Um, but what we've done over the years is we've built where it was um, it's just a waste ground, really. They, you know, previous owners sort of didn't really get involved with football or sports. It's sort of a little bit run down. So we've come in there, we've bought a now, we've, uh, we've built two uh, full-size football pitches, kids' pitches. We've got two state of flood, uh, pitches. We've got floodlights. Uh, so you can play under floodlights. People are training under floodlights. We let the local schools use it. So the last five years, we've developed from the club having just one first team we now got kids uh, from playing from under fours right up to under 23s. Now we've got the first team. So we've got about 250 kids training week in, week out. And plus the, it's just growing. It's just, I don't think I realise what we've done yet as a committee, as friends. It's because we're so head in and we're so focused on 
the club every day. There's work going on. You know, last night I was doing AstroTurf at the ground because the league's now finished, but we've still got to develop and keep it going. And yeah, it's lovely to see the kids um, all locally playing. You know, we don't charge a lot of fees as a club. You know, someone's someone needs help, we don't even charge. We just want the kids to play football. So we started to develop really good roots with uh, the local community. And then now you see our support's gone from like 40 people to 150 people a week. I just think it's given them hope that, you know, last when we were playing, we never had anything to go and sort of expire to. I mean, we're so many good players in Grayson, and I think they sort of filtered out because you can only go to a certain level. Um, and the whole point of making Punjab was, right, we'll get this level and let's see how far we can push it. And if we can get local players coming in and developing and then moving on to a further level, we've done our job. And I think all the kids now locally are seeing this floodlight pitch come out of nowhere you know, into one of the areas which no one would have done that. You know, no one would have fully focused on that, you know, what we we're going to do there. But I just sort of had a plan. I had a vision of what I wanted to do. You know, and people were telling me, oh, it's not going to work. You know, you're wasting your time, Chip. But, you know, I just said I'm going to do it. And God willing, you know, we've had good people around me to develop it and do it together. And um, it's nice to see our local friends, especially local community. Um, and like, that's one of the things which we, I think that local communities come together, that a groundsman, Steve Cook, you know, sadly passed away a couple of years ago with cancer. He developed, he started to work with me. So he was a key player to all this. You know, he brought the local community in. They're good people down here. Come and see Punjab. And, and that's why my stadium's named after Steve Cook. You know what I mean? And he's a local hero. So, you know, this is the way it works. Then, you know, you respect the people. You you know, you, you get to love these sort of people as your family. And, and hopefully, fingers crossed, this the whole community now has taken to us and well, you never know where it can go now. He's been nominated as a real football number one as part of a campaign by Sky Bet. A former Kent schoolboy is up for one of the most prestigious music awards later. The Ivan Novellos celebrate writers and composers. Kit Harpoon from Medway is up for Songwriter of the Year with Harry Styles for Harry's House. Their track, as it was, is also shortlisted for two prizes. And our sister radio station KMFM want to say a huge thank you as more of you are tuning in to listen. Figures out today show they've picked up an extra 15,000 listeners in the first three months of this year. In total, 200,000 of you are tuning in weekly to Kent's radio station. Kent Online Sports. Cricket and Kent have travelled to the Oval to take on Surrey in their latest game in the county championship. It follows a draw with Hampshire at Canterbury last time out. Bowler Arafat Buyan goes straight into the squad after signing a pro contract to the club. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. Plus, you can get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. And to sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. Whilst you're on the site today, you can read the latest Eat My Words food review, plus the story behind one of Kent's most well-known hotels. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.